Let's pray. Father God, we want that to be, Lord, our heart's prayer this morning. That it's not, not us, but Lord, it's Christ through us, Lord. Everything that we do, every success we have, everything that we, we are, Lord God, is because of you. And God, the work of the cross and what you've done. And again, Lord, we recognize the fact that um, life can be hard and, 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 and difficult at times. And even this morning, Lord God, just as, as many p- different people are here uh, in this room and watching online, and God, we just know that there are many stories and there are many struggles right now. But God, we are grateful, Lord, that through it all, we recognize, Lord, that it is your strength, that it is you, Lord, working through us, God, to accomplish your plans and your purposes. And so, God, we are grateful for that, to be used as vessels by you. And so, God, we thank you that we can truly sing, Lord, not yet not I, but through Christ who strengthens me this morning. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity we've had to lift our voices in worship to you. And God, we pray, Lord, that our hearts would be prepared now to receive your word in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Today, we're, uh, we're gonna be continuing our, our series in Romans chapter eight. And um, has anybody been enjoying it so far? I hope you have. Um, again, I was able to jump online last week uh, as we were traveling and I got, I got to to hear uh, some of the service and uh, Pastor Santiago's sermon. And, you know, it's funny because where he was, you know, he got to finish uh, by touching on suffering a little bit, where my entire message is going to be on suffering today. So you picked a good one to be at this morning. Um, you know, it is. It's, we, we, we laugh and we joke a bit about it, but it's, it's, it is part of our, Christ, well, it's part of our lives, not, whether you're Christian or not Christian, that there's suffering in the world, isn't there? And all of us are at some point touched by that uh, in some way. We, we go through difficult seasons. And there are probably many in this room, you know, um, some or many in this room that are going through a difficult season even now. And, you know, we want to first acknowledge that because I think sometimes I think the, the mistake that is made, in, especially within Christian circles, is almost like this pretending that we're not suffering, right? When what I mean by that is, is just acting like, you know, I, I've used this before, but, you know, I'm too blessed to be stressed. It's like, I just, I, I have no problem. I'm stressed out, you know, like, you, I just say that. It's, let's just be honest where we are. And then through that, you know, it's, it's how we walk through that, though, is that what's important, Correct. We don't pretend that we're not going through difficulties. We don't pretend that we're not maybe suffering in this moment, but it's, it's how we walk through that and that um, God is, is with us. <clears throat> While I was in the, in the Middle East, uh, the company I worked for, uh, they, they would provide uh, vehicles. And I remember at one point I had um, this little Kia, like Sorento kind of thing, you know, like the little tiny like SUV. And... It was, it, was, it was a good car, you know, on, on the road. And over in, in the Middle East, there's obviously a little bit of sand. Um, and that leaves ample opportunity to explore those places, correct? Um, and so, you know, I, in this Kia Sorento, if, if you were to go off-road, and I can't confirm or deny that I did that in that vehicle, um, but going down like a bumpy road, you, you, you would feel every bit of that, you know? It may be all-wheel drive, but it, you're going to feel all of it, 
uh, and it was not very fun. Then I got a, an older vehicle, and it was, but it was, it was a, a Toyota Land Cruiser, and it was, it was, they call them Prados over there, like the model, and it's a, it's a mid-sized SUV. But when I got in that, and I would go down, or maybe not go down, the same similar kind of bumpy road, it was amazing because I'm driving along, and in my, in my vehicle, you know, I'm just like floating along. And if you were to look outside, you know, the tires are all doing this, and you know, it's absorbing all of these bumps and these, these, these holes and ruts and everything else. And I've got my, you know, music on, and just, it's, it's, it's almost like two different worlds, right? And as many of you do, probably most Sundays when I preach, you ask yourself, where's Pastor Dell going with this? <clears throat> Here's the deal. I see that Toyota Land Cruiser, I would call that vehicle built to suffer, and what I mean by that is it is going through the exact same experience as that little Sorrento did, but because of, of, of how it has been made and how it has been developed through the shocks and the absorption and the, the way that it's, it has been created, the tires and everything, all of the stuff on it, it has been designed to weather those difficult roads. And so it's going down the exact same thing, but it is absorbing and it, it is built for suffering or to, I should say not built for suffering, but built to suffer well. And my hope and my goal and my prayer today as we walk through these script, this scripture and this passage is that we, we would become built to suffer well. Because I believe as we look at Christ as our example in every single area and everything that we do, when we look at Christ and we look at that cross, we can say with a straight face and with our whole heart that Christ suffered well. And he went through the most excruciating type of suffering you could ever imagine, beyond what we could comprehend. But he did it well. And, you know, this is what I believe that we are called to as believers because, again, the world is watching. You understand that? And if, again, if you've been a Christian for a minute, you know that when you said yes to Christ, it did not necessarily give you a pass on suffering, did it? In fact, if anything else, you probably took the big knob and you just dialed it up a little bit more, right? That you will go through times, but understand that the world is watching you and me because they're watching how we walk those things out. Because if we have Christ living in us and the Holy Spirit dwells within us, shouldn't we walk out suffering different than the world does? We should. And so, because we have what? We have hope, don't we? We have something more, and we, we not only have strength in the moment to persevere, that strength that goes beyond our physical or our natural ability because God is living in us, but we also can persevere through that with the hope of our future and our eternity with Christ Jesus. That this is but, life is but a breath. This time, this season is, is, is like a vapor, and one day we will be in eternity with the Lord. And do you think, I don't know about you, but I have, I am fully confident I will not be looking back. <laughs> Saying, man, remember that time when life was really bad? <laughs> no, I'm going to be just like, this is awesome. Last week, Pastor Santiago, he, he said this, made this statement. He said, not, uh, not, that, not that suffering is not to earn your salvation, 
you know, but you know, you are suffering because you have salvation. Again, that's what I was mentioning earlier is that, you know, we, we have to understand that it's not, we're not somehow earning our, our way as we go through suffering, right? And that's one thing I want to make sure we don't, you know, kind of fall into that ditch of thinking like, well, okay, you know, or, or self-induce <laughs> suffering just because we want to, you know, somehow earn points with God. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, but to understand that as believers, that not only do we take on the suffering of the world, but we probably take, well, not probably, we will take on more because we are made in Christ's image. And if we are following what God has called us to, there will be opposition. But God promises to be with us. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to pick up uh, just with the tail end of last week to kind of springboard us into where we're going today. And, and I'm telling you, <laughs> Pastor Santiago mentioned it, and it is. When, when, when we preach through Romans, or when you try you know, to preach through, through Romans, there's so much here. <laughs> there's so much here. I mean, we're taking just a few verses a week. We're taking one chapter in a whole series. But there's just so much. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, put it all in an order that can, can understand. So... I would say just to prepare you a little bit, I'm going to kind of, we're going to go through a couple verses and we're going to kind of unpack some terms and some things and really dig into some places and try to get like a big, broad understanding. And then we're going to bring all those pieces together at the end for then, you know, what does this mean for us today? Okay. So does that help kind of know where we're going a little bit or how we're going to approach this? So um, beginning in verse uh, 16 there, and again, if you were here last week, you would have heard this. Um, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Now, pause for a moment. I can't remember if I shared this before, but I need, if I did, it needs to be shared again. I was watching a very, you know, a, a prominent pastor, minister, who, you know, one of these congregations, like, you know, 20,000 people, and I was watching a message, and I really try to be good and not critique, because I don't want people to necessarily always critique me. But I, I was listening and watching kind of how, and he's just kind of like hitting these like little verses. And he came to this verse, and the, 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 the point of his message was like, you know, um, our like inheritance and, you know, that we walk with God and we should be like expectant, which what I've talked about before. But it was kind of like all this exciting stuff. And he got to this verse. I'm like, oh, this should be interesting. And he, he read that, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. But he applied that towards like kind of having money, having stuff, and having everything good. And he literally stopped at that comma where I just stopped. Now, I don't know if you've read ahead or if it's on the, it's on the screen there. It was... Well, let's just read. You know, let me just read the first three words. Provided we suffer. It, it, the text did not fit where that particular individual was wanting to go, and, and so they stopped like mid-sentence, mid mid-thought. Because, again, if you want to sell books and, 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 and have a crowds, basically, you know, then it sounds good, you know, if we're heirs with Christ, so we get all the luxuries and all the stuff and all the great things, but we want to, like, slide that suffering off our plate into the trash. <laughs> but this is what the Scripture says, and we'll preach the entirety of Scripture, amen? Yes. So, let's just open our arms wide and embrace. 
I want to say a military thing, but I, I won't do that. We're going to embrace what's coming. Okay? So, here we go. Heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Okay? If I were to like break that down and just give it a phrase, you're either part of the family or you're not. Right? That means the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, a lot of you know, shows on TV and you, you watch some things where there's a family and, and it's, it's, it's just really neat because there's times when you're part of the family and you're, it's just really great to be part of that family, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, like whether it's the name, whether maybe it's some prestige or something like that. But with that, whatever comes against that family, you weather that together because you're part of that family, right? And we have to understand that as believers too. If, if we're part of the family of God, yes, you know, the future of eternity is, is amazing and looks wonderful. And that sometimes helps us to keep going. But at the same time, we have to understand that Jesus, right? The one who came to earth, sent by God, perfect, no sin, could walk on water, could raise the dead, could heal anybody, you know, could feed 5,000 with a, a Lunchable. That guy was beaten and bruised and nailed to a cross and died the most horrific death that you could imagine with all the pain and suffering that came with it. But yet there are, there are people, and I, I believe this, that within the Christian faith or certain veins that believe that somehow God has put us above that, 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 that we don't have to experience any of that discomfort. And I'm here to tell you that that's simply not biblical and that's not true. And I want to, let me encourage you that in, the, in this moment before we get into the, the text that we're going to, that, you know, if you're going through difficulty right now and you're going through suffering, don't buy into the fact necessarily that you've done something wrong, right? There are lots of reasons we suffer. You know, sometimes it's, it's just we, we live in a fallen world and we are going to go through difficult seasons, Right? It's part of what, what happened in the garden. Sometimes, you know, God is, is using a, a situation like that because if we're true and if we're honest, you know, it's in those seasons that we probably, we experience our greatest growth, right? Because we have to put all of our dependence upon Jesus. We can't do it in our own strength. Now, let me just say, too, sometimes it is because we're just dumb. <laughs> We've done something that is just foolish, and there's a consequence that comes. But let me even encourage you in that, that God has not forgotten you. If you are his, he sees you, and he promises to walk through that with you, even if you've brought it upon yourself. So be encouraged in that, but also learn from that, right? Okay. So we're going to jump in now into to the message, and into that was the introduction part. Um, so... Romans 8, and we're going to jump into verse 18 now. So remember, we're coming in off of this, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. And as I read this, we get into the passage today, I want you to, to capture these words for, right? And I want you to think of them almost like Legos or building blocks. It's going to keep building 
on top of one another. And so you're gonna see the, this four at the start of these sentences, and so it's like, just think of it as another block. So verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the joy that is to be revealed to us. Just chew on that for a second, right? That the, the sufferings of this present time are not worth the comparing of the glory that is to be revealed to us. Verse 19, for cre the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. There's a lot there. <laughs> and if you're having a hard time kind of following, it's great because it, you should, because there's just, it's packed with a lot of things. And so I want to just kind of now back up and we're going to kind of take some of these, these terms and even some things that maybe are familiar that maybe you say often, but I want to make sure we define some things and understand it. First, I want you to notice that it says the creation, right? It doesn't say just creation. It says the creation, in this context and in this, this, this part right here, this portion of scripture, the creation is everything that God made from days one through five. Should I quiz you? I won't. But that's everything besides you and me, besides Adam, before, before God made man. When God created everything that walks the earth, all of creation, that's what the creation means. And what did he say when he was done with that? It's good. It's good. Creation was good. It was made exactly the way God wanted it. And it, it was good. And it says here, you know, again, it, it, it brings this out that, that it was subjected, though, to futility. Right? To futility. And that would be all of, you know, the plants, the animals, everything that we see on this earth was in the fall, it was subjected to futility when, when, when man fell, when Adam and Eve chose to partake, right? That's when sin and death entered the world. How many of you have living plants in your house? How many are really good at that? How many are bad? Amen, thank you. We have plants in our house, because I read somewhere it's supposed to be good for cleaning the air and oxygen and stuff like that. It's survival of the fittest, like you're on your own. Literally, like the one plant in the corner, like when it's like wilty and looks like it's dead, then we water it and get it back sprung up to life, you know? And if you want to stay in the house, you just got to survive that way. And so, but, but, that's, but what's true though is what? It, it, there's, a plant will die, won't it? Whether you live it, leave it unattended or not, or just over time, something will die, right? I don't think there are any plants that are here today that were here at the beginning of time. As far as that same plant, you know what I'm saying? Not that species might be here. What about animals? Do they live forever? No. How many own like an older house? How's that doing, right? It's just like things just wear out, right? They die over time. What do they say about humans? Like I think once we're at 22, is it? Or 20? That you're dying, Congratulations, you know, you made 22, now you're dying the rest of your life. It's, but it's sin and death entered the world, right? 
And here we again, we see this, that it was subjected to futility. And so it entered through one man, Adam, and, and, and again, creation entered into this futility. And it says, not because it wanted to. You know, we always talk about, I don't know about you, but I always talk about like how there's going to be a line to talk to Adam and Eve when we get to heaven. You know, like, what are you thinking? You know, what, what you did. But I don't know, and this, this is not, so just go with Delph, Pastor Delph for a minute. I don't know if this, this probably isn't theologically based quite correctly, but if, all, if there's plants and animals there, or if animals can be there and talk, I think they would be in line. Because they were like, we were doing everything right. <laughs> we were living, we were producing our fruit, we were singing our songs, you know, we were frolicking through the fields, like we were supposed to do, like God designed us, and it was good. And this creation man came along and ruined it, <laughs> right? It's the way I think. But it's true that, that the world changed in that moment. You know, what God had created changed, and it wasn't by choice. Well, it was by choice as far as Adam goes, but not by choice of all of creation. And so, again, we see that, that it was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Who is the him? It's not Adam. It's God, right? It's God. Again, it was because of him who subjected it, meaning when Adam sinned, yes, he did that, but there was a consequence for that sin. There was a response or a reaction because sin entered the world and death. And, you know, what I love about this, though, is, you know, God, we see him come on the, 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 the scene here. In Genesis 3, again, for the sake of time today, we're not going to go there, but you can read through, you know, where the curse comes down, right? The judgment. God didn't want to do that, but God's, you know, Adam sinned. And there's a consequence. And so there was a judgment laid down, right? That's where, you know, the serpent was cursed. That's where women, I'm sorry, but, you know, childbirth, it changed. Maybe it would have been better before then, but there was going to be pain through that, right? And then Adam, you know, the man was supposed to, it was going to work the earth, and it was gonna, he was going to have to toil, and it was going to be difficult. And so that was what happened with the curse. But I love this here where it says that, again, you know, it's, he was subjected creation to this, but notice it says in hope. <laughs> he say, say in hope, in hope. Say it, in hope. And what we were talking about earlier and what we're talking about now, that everything we do and everything we experience and even when we go through suffer, suffering today, we can do so in hope. <laughs> Why was God, when he was you know, uh, issuing this, this, this curse, if you will, why was he doing it in hope? What was he thinking about? Well, the hope was in Jesus. He already had a plan of how redemption and how restoration was going to take place. And it was in Jesus Christ, his son, that he was going to send. And so, again, Jesus, and that's why he's called either the second Adam or the last Adam. It's because he came and restored and, and, and made right what Adam had made wrong. You understand? So, again, this is, this is something beautiful, and we see God's plan here. Another word I want us to touch on in, in this passage here, this section, is this word glory. Because we use this a lot, Right? We probably we sing in our songs, you know, glory to the Lamb, or, you know, God, give God glory. Uh, we do it for his glory. 
And we say glory a lot, and I think we have, some of us have a, a basic definition or maybe an understanding, but I want to just kind of unpack that a little bit. Because, see, you know, glory, again, a lot of times I think we go to, like, maybe sports or, like, the glory of winning something, and it's much deeper and much more than that here. Really, the glory is, is talking about dignity, worth, and honor, okay? Dignity, worth, and honor. And, you know, even with us, in our ability to be a, a genuine human being, there's, there's glory in that. Why? Because we are created in the image of God. It's not because we're fabulous. <laughs> it's because our creator made us in his image. And so there's, there's, there's glory in that. And, you know, the, the glory, this glory is, uh, is also the, talking about the divine glory of God. What is that? That's God's presence as well, Right? Talks about the glory filled the room, right? It's, it's, it's God's presence. And so, just as when we look in the Old Testament and we saw these physical structures, either the tabernacle um, or the temple, and how God's presence would fill that place, right? Throughout, when they were wandering through the desert, that His presence is what led them through the wilderness. You remember that? Cloud of fire by day. And remember, the, the presence would come down into the, the tabernacle that was, was, was made there. And so today, we are called what? The temple or the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. We are that place now. We are that place that the Spirit of God comes to dwell. And I really hope that you're, you grasp this this morning. That God, I mean, we say it, I say it all the time, but God lives in you. He takes up residence in you. His presence is in you if you have professed him, professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. We have become the temple. Do you understand that? The temple was never designed to be this a, a, a four walls, a structure. It was all part of the plan because God knew where he was going and that one day he would be able to dwell in his creation, in those that were created in his image, in you and in me. We were made, church, really to be God reflectors. We're supposed to show because we have God living in us and while we reflect, but he also dwells within us. And sometimes I wonder if, if that comes through clearly as the world looks on. Are we truly reflecting Christ to, to people around us and to the situations that we face? Glory. I want to also just touch on this and, and then we'll, we'll unpack some more here. But another, another, and I, I've alluded to this earlier, but, it, but it's really something I think we have to look at a little closer, and that, that's this, this idea of, of perspective, right? Perspective. In verse 18, as we read, as Paul is writing, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is, what? To be revealed to us. It's, it's a future. It's, it's, it's something looking forward, looking ahead. And if anybody had probably a subject, was a subject matter expert outside of Christ, 
I think the Apostle Paul was probably a pretty good candidate, right? I don't know how many of you have been beaten to the point where you were left for dead, like Paul was, like literally, they stopped because they thought he was dead. And all throughout, like when he was walking, you know, um, as a believer, how he was persecuted and ended up in prison, right? And wrote a lot of these letters from prison. He went through great tragedy and great sorrow, if you will, but yet it was always looking forward. And even creation itself, as we talked about earlier, it says it's waiting with an eager longing, right? When was the last time you had an eager longing about anything? And yet creation is sitting there with this, this, in, this, in this sort of this, this stance of eagerness, ready to just, just receive this. And I, the, the word here, the, the term for eager longing, we're going to say it together because it's really fun, okay? Say apo, kara, dokia. Now say it all together. Apo, kara, dokia. Isn't that a great word? Just, again, you just pull those out, like when you're in a conversation across the table, out to lunch with somebody. Just pull that one out, right? I was sitting here in Apokaradokia waiting for you. You know, I was eagerly longing. See, it works. So Apokaradokia, which is this, and it's derived from the word kara, which kara means the head. And this was really cool because it says it means to wait, listen to this and catch this, to wait with the head raised and the eye fixed on the point of the horizon from which the expected object is to come. And I love that picture because all of creation, again, it's, it's, it's depicting almost even standing up on like a tippy toe or, 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 or kind of moving, like leaning forward. And here it is. It, it is creation is, and it's the revelation. And what is it looking to? It's looking to the revelation, as it says, of God's children. And that is to, to disclose their identity and the glory to come. And so again, Creation was, was always looking forward or looking ahead to, to God's children. Why? Because God, like I said, he dwells in us. So now there are the children of God. There are the, those that are called by his name. And creation recognizes that, hey, the, the future glory is, is, is closer than it was before. That there is something that has changed and that it's, it's, it's something that is, again, there's an excitement. And that's just creation. Again, the creation. And I, I, it challenges me at times because I, I, I think about how much better and greater we are than the rest of creation, the way God has designed us, right? You know, we, we are different than animals. We are different than plants, regardless of what some want to say. God has made us in his image. And sometimes, you know, and I, if you recall that scripture where it talks about, you know, if, if you don't praise him, you know, the rocks will cry out, Right? And I think about for us as, as having God dwell in us and live in us, you know, do, are, we, are we walking in the same way as rest of creation? Do we anticipate or do we look, you know, and lean in as being created in his image? But when it comes to suffering, this is the perspective that we must have, that we are to be looking ahead to what is come or what is to come, right? 
And as I told you, you know, God promises to walk with us, but we could go through suffering without looking to eternity and the glory when it's made real in its fullness. You know, we as believers, we say that we are born again. Have you heard that phrase before? I'm a born again Christian. And, you know, some, even in scripture, people, like, if, they, if they've not been around the church, they're going to look at you kind of crazy, right? Just like in scripture, it's like, how, what am I supposed to crawl in my mother's womb and, you know, come out again? It's born again. What does that mean? And again, in, in the Christianese, as we would say, it's, it's a very common term. But it's something, again, it's, it's, this, it's really what happens is that we are reborn by the Spirit into God's family. And so that is something, you know, and Jesus is said to be the firstborn. And so we are born into this family of God. So if we're born into the family of God, then what family were we a part of before that? No, nobody wants to say it because it hurts your feelings. But Jesus said it, and so I'm going to just quote him, okay? How about that? In John 8, 44, when he's speaking to a group of people that, again, he was, he was revealing who he was, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And he finishes this, because I tell the truth, and you do not believe me. And if you stop and think about that, it's, that's where we all were, right? Before Jesus called us and before we answered and we believed is the truth was presented and we responded and we believed. So then we were brought into the family of God. But before that, we were serving our father, the devil. John 8, verse 44 and 45, you can look it up. All right. It's true. And it hurts, but that is, that is, that is, is, is the truth. All right. Let's move on to, to 22 through 25. Uh, I want to make sure we get through this today. So let's jump back in to where we, we left off in verse 22. It says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? For, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And I like uh, the New King James Version, instead of patience, it says perseverance, right? And how many know that that's a different type of waiting? We're gonna, we're gonna stay the course, we're gonna persevere even as we are waiting in hope. And so the image here, again, it's, it's the image, and it, it alludes to that as being a pregnant, which is the process of, of bringing forth life, right? I want to read just very quickly um, from the message. I don't know if it'll be up on the screen or not, but I, I go there sometimes just because I like, it's a very loose paraphrase, but it kind of helps us to think about it. So listen to how the message reads that same passage. It says this, it says, All around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pains. These uh, sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. 
we of course don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the longer we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. And I, I just, that picture of, of childbirth, it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's a, a thinking of a, a pregnant woman. And a lot of you women in here I'm, that have been pregnant, you know, as you kind of get into the pregnancy, um, they say that a lot of times there's this glow about you, right? Anybody experience that? Did somebody say that about you? Okay. Um, it's true, and you see that. But when it's time for the baby to come, I felt the glow dissipated quickly. <laughs> Just my observation. Um, <laughs> what's that? I am. I'm being careful. But listen, all right? Every, I think, and, and again, I, I'm just walking so softly and delicately right now because I've never carried a baby, okay, in, my, in myself. So, <laughs> so there, is, there is a type, and so you just agree if I'm saying the right things, and if you do this, I'll back off. All right, so there is a type of suffering during pregnancy. Women, agree? There's, you are, you are going through some changes and some discomfort and even some pain, right? There is, there is a, a, a type of suffering. And again, it's a sense, though, while you're going through that, there's a sense that something is coming forth from within you. Especially if you can recall that first time. You know, I remember my wife when she was pregnant, and she, I mean, things are moving in you that you have no control over. Like, what in the world? Something is happening, right? Something is going on in there. And how many can agree that there's growth and there's sometimes, there's, there's stretching? Yeah? Again, my wife is not a big person. It was like, she was the same, and then there was just this, this, this thing, like, going on. Like, it was, she was all belly, right? I'm like, are you okay? Like, how do you do that? You know, the skin is just being stretched, and, and it's just like, wow, this is incredible. And I'm just like, you know, I got popcorn sitting on the outside, you know, and just watching while she's experiencing all these things. But there's a stretching, Right? But there's this sense that, that what is to come, though, is, is worth the pain and discomfort, right? There's something about bringing forth life, that life is coming forth, and it, is, it hurts, and it's uncomfortable, and, and, and there's stretching, and there's growth, but it, through it all, you know that it's going to be worth it because there's life that's taking place. And here's what I want you to walk away from this morning is as we look at all, all of this, this, this section of Romans chapter 8, is that suffering may precede glory, okay, but it does not destroy the hope for those who are following Christ Jesus. Do you understand? That, that as we suffer, I want you to think of that, that pregnant woman or that, that pregnancy as life is being birthed with, from within, and as we walk that out and we go through difficult times and, and we're going through a hard season, that it's producing something that's life on the, at the other end of it. And that is our hope of glory. That God is birthing something through us. And now on this, in this, on this earth, we recognize that for, for maybe even some in this room, that there are pregnancies that don't, go to the end, right? They don't produce life where something takes place and a tragedy happens and that, that curse of sin and death is still felt very painfully, isn't it? 
And I want us to just remember, though, that, that today as, as we think about what, what God is doing, the beauty of, of, of what, what God is doing in us is that there is a guarantee of hope at the end of it that, that Satan cannot rob or destroy. And I want to just under, I want you to understand, like, you know, we, we went through a loss like that, and I know there are people in this room that have gone through a loss like that. And, and as painful as that was, and, and, and even still can be, I want you to think about how amazing and how awesome and how, how that glory that, that God produces love and that, that that is a promise that you can bank on that there is life and there is hope to persevere through to the end of this because there will be something at the end of all of this that is life and giving. That God will provide that eternal life with him. And for those of you here in this room or watching online that have experienced that deep loss in a pregnancy like that, know that you will be reunited one day in eternity. That God saw that, 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 that moment in his creation as he promises that he's in the womb, he was there forming that, that, that little child and that they're present with him now. And you'll be reunited one day and find comfort in that. But I, I, I'm so thankful that the hope that we're talking about today that the enemy cannot rob that, no matter how hard he tries. Just as a baby comes with a pregnancy, so glory will come following suffering. And there are four truths I want to just, again, as we start to wrap up, that, that I want to talk about with suffering and glory. One is the suffering and glory, um, they're, they're, they come together, <laughs> right? You can't separate them as much as I would love to do that that this glory comes through suffering, just like with the pregnancy, you have to go through the pregnancy to, to see that, that, that glory or that, that child at the, other, the end of it. You can't bypass that. The suffering also in glory, they, 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 um, the, the suffering and the glory concern both God's creation and God's children. And so what's happening, there's things in creation, all the stuff in creation, it's groaning and it's suffering and it's working through with the, towards the promise of an eternity of, of something better. And for us as children of God, we are promised the same. And then also the glory to come is sorry, uncomparable with the current suffering, meaning whatever it is we're going through and is how, how much and how painful that is right now, the glory to come far outweighs that, amen? And so we can hold on to that. We possess the spirit now as the first fruits, right? That's our down payment, if you will. It's the promise of what is to come. And so, again, we can hold on to that and we can see that come to fruition in eternity. It's the already but not yet tension that we live in, amen? And so 2 Corinthians four seventeen. again, this passage is my favorite probably in the Bible. Um, just this verse is kind of at the, it's that 17, 18, I think 19. But it says, for this light momentary affliction, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And I love that, that first it's light momentary affliction. You have momentary compared to an eternal weight of glory. And let that be your encouragement this morning. What Jesus received by divine right, church, we receive by divine grace. Amen. I want to close by reading just a passage from um, 2 Corinthians. And what I want you to do is I just want you, if you would, just, just close your eyes. And I want you to just give me like two minutes here 
because I want you to, to grasp as, as we kind of pull all this together. And I want you to just to hear these words and I want you to picture what's being said here and be fully present just here in this moment. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 1, it says this. It says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared for us, prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we, we must all stand before Christ to be judged and we will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you have ministered to us here today. God, I thank you that you have first, Lord, laid out very clearly that there will be suffering during our time here on earth. That's, we can't sidestep that. But God, this picture of, of, again, a child coming to be birthed is just this beautiful example, Lord God, that you give us. Because Lord, you, you create things and even the way that you've set the world in motion and in order, it's all to point to help us understand, Lord, you and, and, and even spiritual things, Lord. And God, even, even how a mother brings a child into the world, Lord God, you use that to help us understand what is happening. And God, most of us here, I would say, are not the best at waiting, especially when we're uncomfortable. God, I pray that today that you would help us to see, Lord God, that everything that we walk through now, everything we go through, whether, again, it's, it's, it's a, a difficult season of, of pain and suffering, or whether it's a season where we seem to be on the mountaintop, Lord. But God, that you're using all of that, Lord, to shape us and to mold us and to, to make us more like you. God, I pray that, that the world around us, that those who, who we interact with on a daily basis would see Christ living in us, that they would see the light that we carry. That while we walk in this world, Lord God, our, our home is not here. God, we pray that you would forgive us, Lord, where we have, have set up uh, more than just a tent, Lord God. We've, we've set up a city and taken residence here where, where this is not our home. 
God, let us never lose sight of that, that we are called pilgrims. We are passing through this time towards our eternal home of glory with you in your presence, where we will behold you face to face. God, I pray for those here within the sound of my voice this morning that are in a time of suffering. God, first and foremost, I pray that they would just have a very real, tangible sense of your presence and your strength in their lives in this moment right now in Jesus' name. God, secondly, I would pray that you would allow, Lord, brothers and sisters in Christ to come alongside of them and to walk and to journey with them because, Lord, you have designed us not to walk this road alone, but to walk in community with one another. God, I pray that that they would know how much they are loved by you and by those sitting around them today, this morning, in this room. God, help us to do life together so well where we carry one another's burdens. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that for those who are here and that are hurting this morning, Lord God, that, that you are the one who understands, that you are the one who can bring comfort. And again, Lord, while that situation in the physical may not change today, Lord, I pray in this moment, in Jesus' name, that they would just know that you are God and that you are with them and that you are strengthening them and that you are carrying them, Lord God, when they feel they cannot go on anymore. Lord, this morning I think of our brother, Lord Bill Palmer, as I sat with him and visited with him and Lord, as he's going through a difficult uh, just season with his health, Lord God, and, and he's, he's in pain and he's, he's hurting. And God, as I sat there, Lord, and he said that, that he, he doesn't want any attention on himself. He's, he's, his pain is making him think of others who are going through pain. And he spends time praying for those that are going through suffering and pain while he experiences his own. <laughs> God, thank you for that man and just for that lesson, Lord to learn and to glean. And may we all be that way, Lord. So God, we thank you that you give us your heart, Lord God, that you give us a heart for those that are hurting and lost. And God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence here in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, would you stand?